As for me, part three. As for me, part three. Why don't you put that in the chat below? As for me, part three. So I know that you've understood it. As for me, part three. Or maybe give me three thumbs up or something. So as for me, part one, for those that were there at youth, may remember this. We look at the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verses 15. And Joshua says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served or will it be the gods in the land that you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And so basically in that message, what we looked at, there was gods in my past. And so examples could be, it could be the gods of your past could be bullying. It could be pride. It could be poverty. But, and then what we know that just because there are gods in our past, but there's going to be new gods in our future. And that could be things like popularity. The things in your future could be TikTok. That could be a God. Another God could be a relationship, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Yo. Dog. Oh, puppy. Ah, uh, Leah, I'm preaching here. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get mid-preaching, get interrupted by a puppy. So, um, a puppy could be a God, right? There's so many things could be, be a God. And so we see that. Those around us may, may just be content following the gods of their generation. But Joshua said, but as for me, I choose Jesus first. And so that's what we've got to be. We've got to go, we've got to choose Jesus first. And it, but then the thing is that Joshua goes, I choose Jesus first, but I prophesy that those around me will, prof uh, will choose Jesus first too. And so as for me in my house, me in my school, me in my sport team, we will serve the Lord. Boom, there it is. So that was week one. Do I get a witness? As for me, part two, we looked at Psalms 59, 16, and we saw David says, as for me, my God, my refuge. And so what we looked at, um, those around us may sin and they'll go, well, how could God love me? And they'll stop worshiping with passion because they go, well, I'm a sinner and God can't love a sinner. And then um, they the people around us as well, they might make a mistake and then they go, well, I'm going to stop coming to church because I've gone too far. God could never love me. I've just, I've, I've, I've just been too bad for God to love me. But we learned that when we sin, we run to Jesus. Yes. When we make a mistake, we run, run to Jesus. Jesus. Yes. So what happens when you make a mistake? <laughs> you run, run to run Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. You say the dumb thing, you... Run to Jesus. Run exactly. To because Jesus. Jesus is our refuge city. And we looked at that verse in Romans that where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. So we can't do anything too bad for God to love. And so we we got to understand, we make a mistake. We don't run away from God. We run to God. But now we're ready for week three. As for me, part three. So we're going to look at the book of Psalms. So if you're writing your notes, that's Psalms 73 verses 28. <laughs> Psalm 73 verses 28 says this. So this is a Psalm of Asaph. Can you say Asaph? Asaph. I want to type it in the group chat for you. Asaph. Can you see that? A Psalm of Asaph. Psalm 73 verses 28 says this. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my shelter and I'll tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. So this week's message, as for me, I'm near God. Or you could say, as for me, I enjoy God. You choose a title that you want. But as for me, 
I'm near God. I'm going to pray. So right now, Holy Spirit, we pray into the, the spiritual atmosphere of our, our bedrooms or wherever we're um, situated right now. We believe that a fence can be broken off of our lives, that that doesn't control our thoughts, that doesn't control our minds, but we can have a mind and a character of maturity. God, we pray that there'll be a clarity right now for your voice in the supernatural, that we can understand what you're saying to us. And everybody said, I'll have some of that. I'll have some of that. All right. So we're going to look at three points on how we can be close to God. Or another way of saying it, we're going to look at three points on how we can enjoy God. All right. So I want to say this. If you find God boring, you're doing it wrong. If you find God boring, you're doing it wrong. So reading your Bible, if you find that boring, you're doing it wrong. If, you, if making time for God is boring, you're doing it wrong. Thank you for those encouragements. If, you're going, to, if going to church is boring, you're doing it wrong. Then you know where I'm going from. If you don't like singing and dancing unto God, you're doing it wrong. And so God created everything, right? We believe that. In the book of Genesis, God created everything and he saw that it was good. And so I be- sometimes we might come to church and go, oh, that song's not very good or blah, 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 complain. But you know what? I, I can see concerts. I can see things on YouTube, whatever. And I go, they're, just w- they're worshipping, not God. And so I believe some of the best worship leaders in the world are not saved yet. And they, they can have fun outside of church, but I believe that the parties are to come back to the church. And why is all the concerts not boring? We've got to have a church that is full of faith faith full of fun because it's not meant to be boring god created it to be fun and we've got to and we've got to put the gifts back to the house of god where they belong and so um i, I just don't believe god is boring who's look who's seen the awesome things in the world like you can see waterfalls you can see um surf you can see coffee it's not boring amen exactly and so when you're awake so here's so who's watched youtube and seeing like epic fails, that's not boring, amen? Because God's not boring. God let us have epic fails so we can laugh and have fun. And so when you awaken to the fact that being near God is so good, you will tell everyone, Pete, do you think coffee's good? Of course. Exactly. And you tell everyone. Of course I will. Because because you've tasted coffee, you tell everybody that it is good. Exactly. Because you've been near coffee. And it's the same thing for all of us. The things that we enjoy in our life, we tell others because it is so good. And it's the same with God. The closer you get to God, the better you know him, the more you tell others how good God is. And so the more Pete has coffee, the more he tells others because he's tasting and seeing how good coffee is. We've got to testify about the goodness of God because we've been close to him. All right. So the closer you get to him proves that you enjoy him. So I want to say it like this. Um, if you don't enjoy God, I would suggest you haven't been close to him. Because when Pete's got close to coffee, he's told people about it. If you're not telling people about the goodness of God, I would suggest that you haven't been close to God. And so if you want to be a person, because you know, I want to be a witness to my generation. I want to start spreading the word of Jesus. It's time for you to get close to Jesus. Can I get a clap for that over this reaction Zoom chat? There we go. All right. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. You'd have heard this from me before. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, 
we can look at a scale. Can everyone put oh, their hands that? up like a scale like this? Yep, yep. So we've got a scale. That, so we've got here being drunk and we got filled with the Holy Spirit. Drunk, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, what happens in life sometimes is we go being drunk, right? We go, well, that's a sin. We don't want to do it, correct? No one wants to be a sinner getting drunk. No one wants to do that. Yeah. But what will happen is we, we will ask a question. Well, one drink, not drunk. Two drinks, not drunk. Three drinks, not drunk. And we ask the question, how many drinks can I have before I get drunk, right? That's our earthly natural response. We go, well, getting drunk is bad, but how close to the line can I get before I sin, right? That's what we ask. Because that's what the humans do on that scale. Humans will naturally tend to go to how far is too, how far can I get before I'm too far? How close to drinking can I get without getting drunk? But I would like to suggest that that scale and mindset is all wrong. Um, we want to. We should ask. Um, the question should be how many drinks of alcohol do I have before I get drunk? But it should be is does drinking this alcohol get me closer to God? Because the Bible says, "Don't be drunk with wine; be filled with the Holy Spirit." I've got to ask the question no longer that, well, how many drinks can I have before I get drunk? We've got to shift the question and go, well, how does this drink get me closer to God? And that should be what determines our action. Not, well, I'm not sinning, but does this bring me closer to God? Come on, somebody. Another example, okay? We could be at work, right? And so we know that if you're being lazy, you're going to lose your job, you're going to get sacked, you're going to get fired, they're not going to ask you to come back, yes? If you're lazy, not doing your job, that's going to happen. So what you, you find yourself at work, your manager and your boss leaves the room, right? What does, what does our natural in, like, inclination say? It goes, what is the minimal I can do right now with them out the room without getting sacked? What's the least requirement that I can achieve without losing my job? But again, that's the wrong question. We should be asking, does being lazy and unhonoring my boss bring me closer to God? That should be the question that we ask. So yes, I could be lazy and not lose my job, but we should be asking a different question. Does me being lazy uh, bring glory to God and bring me closer to God? We should be making our decisions that bring us closer to God, not that bring us to a sin. All right, another example, generosity. Genesis chapter four, verse three to five, Cain and Abel, right? So it says this, Cain presented some. Can someone say some? Type some in the group chat, some. Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. But then verse four, Abel also brought a gift, the best portions. Can someone say best portions? The best, best portions. portions. Abel brought the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Now, God isn't anti-vegan. That's not the thing here. God isn't, doesn't prefer meat over veg. But what he's, he's saying is God wants the best of, not just a sum of, right? Now, let, let's, we, can, we, we can explain like this. So more often than not, our default is a one of Cain's. We will still give, but just some. Um, what's the least I can give? I will give because I have to, but I don't give when I want to. All right, here's, we'll do an example. So if we came, we go to Macca's, right? And we order a large fries, right? And so what happens is they put their fries in the bag and they give you the bag. Then you drive off somewhere. You open up the fries, you start munging on, you can't start munging on the fries, yeah? 
And if you and if you double favour, you get the sweet and sour sauce, and you get into that that delicious sweet and sour sauce chip fry macas. Amen. But what happens? So then I'm in the car with Liana, and Liana says, "Josh, can I have a chip?" What's my default response? No. I look in the bag and I look that cold chips stale in the corner. I go, "Oh yeah, you can have a chip, Liana. Here you go." Come on, that's our natural response. Do I get a witness in this place? That's our natural response. Yeah. But if we were like Cain, oh, sorry, reverse. If we were like Abel and we'd reverse it, we go, Leanna goes, hey, Josh, can I have a chip? If we had the response of Abel, we would go, you know what? Grab a chunk of fresh, beautiful, crispy chips out of the, the box in my hand. And you know what? Why don't you dip in some sweet and sour sauce as well? We've got to have an attitude of able that goes, you know what? We're not going on the line of, well, how, how far is ungenerous? We want to be a people that go, you know what? Is being generous close to God? I want to make my decision that gets me closer to God, closer to him, not what is on the, the negative side. Yes? So... Last one, Ephesians chapter five, verse four. This, is, this one challenges me so much. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. So again, we see the scale. We see that coarse jokes, foolish talk, obscene stories are sin, right? They are not for us. Being thankful about God, being close to God is what we want to do. And so we can find ourselves to go, well, does this TV show, or it's not that bad, it's not quite that bad yet, or this movie, or it's not that bad, or, 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 or this joke, it's not that bad. But we've got to ask the question, is it getting us close to Jesus? So what are the jokes we tell? Um, what jokes do you find funny? Um, what is the music you listen to? What movies and TV shows do you watch? Because we see there obscene stories, foolish talk and coarse jokes. They are not for us. We shouldn't find it funny. We shouldn't find it what pleases us. Okay, here's an example. So music, right? We can say, oh, the beat is really good in this song. Right? We can get around it. Oh, the beat's so good. Oh, there's not too much swearing. But we've got a question. No, no, no. We don't want to go if it's got too much swearing. We're not going to go, does this song bring me closer to Jesus? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying anti any secular song. I'm just saying we've got to ask a question rather than going, well, this song is sinning. We've got to ask a question, does this song bring me closer to Jesus and make our decisions on what gives us closer to Jesus, not necessarily if it causes us to sin or not, right? And if it's on the edge of sinning, I don't want it. I want to listen to something that brings me closer to Jesus. Entertainment, TV, movies, whatever. Again, so um, we might, in the name of comedy, right? We justify a lot of stuff. I see a lot of Christians these days will justify, oh, that TV show's okay, that movie's okay, it's funny. But you know what? Just because it's funny, it doesn't mean it honours God. Just because it's funny, it doesn't mean it's bringing you closer to God. And there's a lot of things these days that doesn't represent the church, doesn't re represent the character of God, and the, the society so wants to swing us to go, you know what, accept it, that's okay. But we go, you know what? It may not be a sin yet, but it's definitely not bringing us closer to God. And so we've got to be so careful and protect our minds, protect our hearts and go, God, we, as for me, I want to go draw closer to God because God is good and not be swayed down the path to sin. Amen. And so uh, back to TV shows and that. So there may be kissing scenes and the like. 
and, and if you if we if we know what I'm talking about. And so we go, well, it's not porn. Yes, good, that's good, it's not porn, but it doesn't mean it's honoring to God. And we gotta protect ourselves and go, you know what? It might not be porn, but it's still leading to that. We want to protect ourselves and be closer to God. Do I get a witness? Yeah. Great, cool. So um, all of these things, we need to stop asking the question, is this sin or is it getting close to sin? We've got to ask a better question and go, is this bringing me closer to God? So if you remember anything from tonight's message, I want you to remember to go, you know what? Is this bringing me closer to God? If you're going to steal and sneak that biscuit, is this bringing me closer to God? The music, the songs that you listen to, the jokes you tell of your friends, is this bringing me closer to God? You, you might go, I have no time to read my Bible. I've got no time to do this. Oh, but you've got enough time to watch TV. Is this TV show, it might not be bad at all, but is it bringing me closer to God or is it distracting me from his word? Wow. Ponder that. So, so just because, and here's the thing, just because everyone else does it, it doesn't mean that you have to. Just because everyone else believes a lie, it doesn't, that God is boring, it doesn't mean that you have to. Psalm 32 8 says, the Lord says, I will guide you along the best path for your life. I'll advise you and watch over you. And you know what? I want the best life. And I believe you can have the best life. But to do that, we need God to guide us. And God guides us when we're close to him. When we're close to God, he will guide us on for the best life. Hebrews 11, chapter 6. God exists and he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Right? So God is in heaven. And I... Here's a picture. So we see picture God in heaven, right? And he goes, hey, angels, come check out Jasmine. She's sincerely seeking me. And then what does he do? Gets out the salt base, salt of blessings and favor. And he goes, oops, I can't help it. Jasmine's seeking me. Rewards. Oh, oops, blessing, favor. He sees Scarlett going. Scarlett goes, you know what? I could watch this TV show and binge. But right now I'm going to crack open the word of God, see what God's saying to me. And what does he do? Hey, angels, come check out Scarlett. She insists. She, she's sincerely seeking me. I just can't help it. Again, oh, snacks and favor, um, blessing goes over your life because when you sincerely seek God, he can't help but pour blessing and favor into your life. Do I get a witness in this place? When we sincerely seek God, he will reward you with blessings and favor. So how do we seek God? I've got three points on how we seek God. The first one is the Bible, the Word of God. This is the best way you can seek God is through this book. And so get a translation you can read. Don't get the King James Version. I don't talk to you and go, thou Jasmine hath whatever the old English language is. I don't talk to you like that. It doesn't make sense to me. Get a translation that you can read and understand and get into it. The Message Bible, the New Living Translation, get a translation that is easable to understand and that way you can hear God's voice, yes? And make it a habit. It's not an optional extra. Oh, well, there's no new TV shows out today. I've already been watched um, seven episodes. Now, no, no, it should be the first thing that you want to do. Go, God, right now, I want to seek you first before I binge watch this and that. And so it needs to be a priority. And so a lot of people will ask the question, well, how do I hear God's voice? I can't hear him speaking to me. And you know what, when I hear that, Often, the reason is, I say, well, can I see your Bible, please? And they'll go, oh, here it is. And then I'll go, <sighs> dust flies everywhere. There's your problem. Your Bible isn't meant to be an asthmatic hazard. It's not designed to cause people with asthma attack. 
it's meant to be the, the, a thing that God speaks to you about, right? So that's why it says in Psalms 119 and in verse 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. What does that light do in that situation? It guides your feet. It shows you where to tread. The word of God is meant to go, you ready to go, oh, that's going to be my next choice in life. Oh, that's what my husband should look like. Oh, that's what a relationship should look like. Oh, that's what I've got to believe for my workplace. The word of God is a lamp and a guide for your feet. So start, don't let it become an asthmatic hazard. And then you wonder why God, you can't hear God's voice. You want to hear God's voice? You want to get close to him? Remove that dust, remove the asthmatic hazard and get into God's word. Come on. Point two, prayer. Matthew chapter six, verses five to six says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That's the only reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your heavenly father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. There it is again, Hebrews eleven six. You sincerely seek God and he will reward you. But um, people will often use this as an anti-public prayer, right? So I'll say, hey, Jasmine, can you pray? And Jasmine may say, oh, no, I don't pray. I can't pray in public because of that chapter. But that's not what the chapter is saying. The chapter is saying that if you pray in public for spiritual pedigree to go, look how good I am spiritually, that's the only reward you get. But it's saying there should be a habit in your life where you go, you know what, God, I'm going to seek you in my bedroom. I'm going to seek you on a walk outside. I'm going to seek you and make a time in private because I want to draw close to you. I want to talk to you just like I talk to you as my friends. I want to talk to God and I want him to talk to me because that's what we want to do because we want to sincerely seek him. So 1 Samuel uh, 30 verses 6 in the King James Version, David is in a bad place. It says David was greatly distressed. We can be greatly distressed. We can have issues that come up to us. COVID-19 can freak us out. This could freak us out. That could freak us out. But it says that David encouraged himself in his God. And we've got to do the same. When we're distressed, we've got to go to God, draw close to God in prayer and say, God, this is worrying me. God, I'm frustrated. God, I'm annoyed. But we've got to draw close to God and see him in our life. Jude 1 verse 20. But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians um, chapter 14, verse 4. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally. You've got to get the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You've got to get uh, that heavenly prayer language at work in your life and go, you, you can pray in English and you can pray in tongues. Pray in English, pray in tongues. God, be with me today. God, I want to draw close to you today. And then speak in tongues. Seek care to the bear. We've got to have a maturity in our life where we build ourselves up in our most holy faith because when we seek God, he will reward you. Amen. Point three, final point, worship. Acts chapter 16, verses 22 to 25. I'm going to read that. Acts 16, boom. So verses uh, 22 to 25 says this. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. Now, don't get me wrong, getting beaten sucked, but I don't want to get beaten when I'm naked as well. Amen? Don't, don't imagine that. Don't imagine that. Naked and beaten. Do not imagine that. <laughs> they were severely beaten and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure that they didn't escape. 
So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, I want to pause there, around midnight, right? What do, what do we hear at midnight? When you put on the TV and you watch news, what do they say? Um, uh, approximately 12 a.m. last night, there was a, a group of youth uh, engaging in random acts of kindness. Who's ever heard that? No one. No one does that at 12 o'clock at night, right? But you might, hear, you might hear this. At 12 o'clock last night, youth vandalised mackers, chucking crate in window, throwing rocks. You might hear, um, on the, like, again, on the TV, at 12 o'clock last night, um, there was some party going on and there was kids using substance, like, abusing substances and, and other drugs and one overdose and died. They're the stories that we hear at 12 o'clock at night normally. But this is what happened. We see this here. We go back to the story. Um, but at around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was beat, if I was stripped naked, no one wants to picture that. And if I was beaten, no one wants to picture that. And then I was put in jail and put in stocks. My first response would not be to start singing hymns and praying to God. But Paul and Silas had a different attitude. They had a different spirit. They go, you know what? As we saw Asa in Psalm saying, how good is it to be near God? They go, you know what? Our life right now pretty much sucks. We're naked, we're bruised, we're battered, but I know how good it is to be near God. And in this moment, I'm going to worship. In this moment, I'm going to lift my hands. In this moment, I'm going to sing hymns to him because he is good. And we saw before at the start, it says in that psalm as well, and you'll tell everyone about it everywhere. When you are near to God, people will hear it in your life. We see Paul and Silas, they love God. They wanted to worship him. They wanted to praise him. And what happens? The prisoners in the prison heard about it. They heard the singing. They And so you know what? In this season for us of this COVID-19 coronavirus crazy stuff, this should be a moment we build ourselves up in our most holy faith that we go, you know what, God, this is a moment where we seek you in private. We, we praise you in our bedroom. We praise you because you know what? It's just what we got to do. Amen. And so Paul and Silas worshipped, not because it would free them, but because they wanted to be close to God. And I want you to have a Paul and Silas testimony. I want you to have an attitude and a character in your life where you go, God, I choose to praise you. I choose to seek you sincerely because I know how good you are when I seek you. Good. So what we're going to do right now, I want us to put that into action. You might be in your bedroom, you might be in your lounge room, whatever, but that is a perfect place for you to draw near to God. So I'm going to play a song and we're just going to worship. So I'd encourage you to stand up. And if you just, if you want to close your eyes, keep your headphones in, I don't know how you're listening, but we're going to just worship God in this moment and go, God, you can speak to me and draw close to me in this moment because we believe for that. So Pete's going to be crazy, but if you can't do it in your bedroom, why would you do it in public? So... <laughs> 